Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Over Macros podcast. I am your host, Mike Milner, and I appreciate you guys being here with me, being here with me virtually or audioly. I don't know if audioly is even a word, but that's the beauty of not having a co-host is I don't have anybody to call me out on my shit. So we're going to go with it. I appreciate you guys being here. And today we're going to talk about individualization with your nutrition. So one of the common issues in our industry is an abundance of information and a lot of people who like to get dogmatic in their approach, whether that's their dietary protocol or their training. Uh, it just, you know, everybody seems to like to have a camp that they belong to. And, you know, obviously for me, the belief is whatever works, like they all work. I don't have a dog in the race. I don't care what works best for you. I just want you to think in terms of you're an individual and you should find what works best for you. So we're going to talk about context and and why that matters and then kind of how to determine you know what nutrition protocol is is going to be uh you know the best fit for you and 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 how to go about finding that. And so and I'll give some client examples too so you just have some like actual takeaways and you can see you know the thought process as to why we went down certain um, paths with certain clients and and kind of how that turned out. But, you know, when you talk about different nutrition protocols, uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there, you know, about keto and about paleo and carb cycling and fasting. And the truth is that they all work, but it's dependent on the context. So they might not work for you. Uh, and, you know, just right off the bat, if there is anybody that is telling you that their way is the best way or that there's this one way of doing things that's better than everything else, please run the other way. That should raise a red flag immediately because, you know, we're all different. What works for me is not going to work for you, is not going to work for the next person. I mean, you know, I work with, you know, hundreds of people and, I don't think that I have two clients that are even really close to the same protocol. Like it's just about finding what your body responds to, but also what fits within the context of your life. So for somebody, you know, who really enjoys carbs, you probably won't do very well on keto. You might be able to just white knuckle it for a couple of weeks, but you have to think long term. Is that really the way that you want to live the rest of your life? And if it's not, it's probably not going to be the best fit. And, you know, food preference is something that often gets overlooked. Uh, like, do you, you know, actually consider what foods you really enjoy more? So, like, one of the questions that I'll ask clients is, you know, are you are you more of a carbs person? Are you more of a fats person? If just left to your own devices intuitively, would you kind of gravitate towards a higher fat meal or would it normally be a higher carb meal? And that can give us some insight into what direction to go because, you know, macros are important, but the number one overall most important thing is adherence and consistency and sustainability. And so when you look at the statistics, you know, 95% of people who lose weight end up regaining it. And a lot of people end up regaining it plus interest within three years. So it, if we're talking about a 5% success rate, we really have to look at sustainability and adherence because you're not going to be able to make an overhaul to your life 
um, if we're not considering the context of your life, if we're not considering the fact that you like to have date night on Friday night or you like to go out with your boys on Saturday or you like to watch football and have beer and wings on Sunday, like you have to consider the context of your life. And so, you know, finding a protocol first and foremost, think long term. Can I do this for the rest of my life? That should be the first question that you ask yourself. Now, there's times when you have a very specific goal that will, we can make some sacrifices. But again, for, for the general overall, like how to think about this long term, think about the rest of your life. Are you willing to give up carbs for the rest of your life? If not, keto is probably not a viable option. That doesn't mean that there's not a time and a place for that. And I'm going to talk about a client who I have on a semi-keto protocol and why we went that direction. Um, But again, just think about the context of your life and think about the big picture and sustainability of the protocol that you're doing. Uh, So first of all, you know, we have to understand that everybody has different goals. And so whether the goal is performance or whether the goal is fat loss or whether the goal is muscle building or just maintenance, um, you know, or if it's to step on stage, you have to understand that, you know, context within your life matters, but also your personal goal matters. And so a protocol for somebody who wants to get better at CrossFit is going to look different for somebody who just wants to look better naked. And so, you know, keeping all those things in mind, um, I know it's not like the sexiest answer, but whenever people ask me questions, the answer is always it depends because context matters. So, you know, I just had, a, you know, one of my boys the other day asked me, he said he watched this documentary on Netflix and he was like, is a vegan diet really the best? And I'm like, no, give me the context. Like, just because there's a camp that believes, you know, that this way of eating is going to get you better health, like, give me the context. Um, you know, sometimes people on, Vegan diets will still eat really poor food quality, uh, and they can also have some, you know, vitamin and nutrient deficiencies, um, you know, lacking iron or, you know, B12 or whatever the case may be. They might be deficient in in creatine. So um, there's just context matters and just saying, like, is vegan the best diet or is keto the best diet is really missing the point because you're not factoring in who are we talking about what are their goals and what does their life look like? And so I think to help paint this picture, um, I'm going to give you some specific client examples and and why. So, you know, I, I briefly mentioned the client who I have on a semi-keto protocol. Um, and, you know, what we determined was that, first of all, she had a really bad experience tracking macros. So right off the bat, she she kind of identified some triggers that, you know, if she tracked macros – Her behavior became a little bit too obsessive. She became very like all or nothing mentality. um, And she just like was hoping to find a solution that didn't involve having to weigh and log everything. And so, you know, again, even with macros, macros are just a tool. And I think they provide a nice framework. And I think that, you know, when you're taking inventory of what you what you're eating on a daily basis, sometimes it just provides that awareness that we need to make change. But I don't think it's something that you need to do for the rest of your life or that it's like the, you know, end all be all of, of nutrition. Like there are so many other ways to get results. And, and, you know, this particular client is a good example of that because she did not want to track macros. So 
you know, for me to be like, well, I don't care that you don't want to track macros. This is, these are your macros. Just hit them. Like I'm not doing her any favors and we're not actually getting her results because we're just, you know, at that point it would be fostering an environment for more disordered eating, not really addressing the mindset stuff behind that. So, um, so we decided we're not going to go with macros, but we need to have some sort of a plan that makes sense because her goal at the time was first and foremost, she wanted to be healthy. She wanted to feel better. Um, she was having issues with, with her energy. Um, she was having issues with just like feeling um, a lot of systemic inflammation and you know fatigue, and she was having uh, trouble sleeping. And so she wanted to feel healthy first and foremost, but she also wanted to lose fat. So she had um, you know, the goal of, of health first, she wanted to just feel better. And then as a secondary goal, she also wanted fat loss. And so, you know, as we started kind of getting into the context of her life, you know, she's very busy, she's very active, um, a hands-on job, and she didn't have a lot of time to necessarily, you know, meal prep or, or cook throughout the day. Um, you know, she, she was just, she was working a lot, she was constantly on the go, and she was kind of filling her day with more of like convenience foods. And um, we found out that basically like outside of that, she was really good at taking some downtime whenever she had it. So even though it was only like, you know, a half hour here, an hour there, um, during those times, we like really, really emphasized self-care, decompress, de- you know, unwind uh, and balance out that stress because, you know, it was a stressful job. And we just wanted to make sure that, you know, we're kind of balancing the stress input and output on her body, um, which is super important. Uh, we also determined that carbs were, were kind of causing her digestive issues. And she noticed it in particular with like grains um, and, and gluten. And so there was just some obvious, um, you know, there was, there was some gut issues going on. And, and that's one of the things that we look at when we talk about biofeedback, um, you know, being regular with, you know, going to the bathroom and, and, um, you know, how your digestive tract feels and just like any stomach pains or discomfort there. Uh, and she noted, and then we try to connect the dots with like what foods might be causing that. And, you know, there's some that are more common than others, but we identified that, you know, kind of, you know, grains and gluten. And there was just, it, it tended to be with her higher carb meals. Um, she didn't feel very good afterwards and she felt more lethargic and she felt more inflamed. And so um, as we started talking about what food she actually enjoyed, it was all more like wild caught salmon and grass fed beef. And she liked to cook steak and she liked to, you know, make big salads with a bunch of olive oil and different vegetables. And so I was like, so, you know, you realize that you didn't list any carbs in there. And so we just tried a little bit of a, so we tried, you know, a fasting protocol uh, where we gave her one, one day each week of a 24 hour fast because of the fact that there were certain days where she really didn't even have the time to sit down and eat. Um, and if you're going to be just like running around stress eating, it's not really doing much good anyway. So like within the context of her schedule, there was a particular day each week that just made sense for what we were trying to do to, you know, reduce inflammation, to give her gut a break and just see if she felt better. Um, And she immediately noticed improvements just from that one simple change. Uh, And then we also went to a higher fat, low carb approach. And remember, she's not tracking macros. So we just looked at it like how to construct your plate and basically like half her plate is going to be full of vegetables. Um, and then 
we're going to get a good sized portion of of a more like fatty protein like wild caught salmon or grass fed beef or whatever she enjoyed like it could be it could be a leaner protein like chicken breast or turkey but um you know she tended to gravitate more more towards fattier cuts anyway so that was perfect um and then you know fill in the rest with if you want to add a little olive oil if you want to add some avocado if you know and then leave it open from there but we didn't want to be too restrictive so having some balance in there if there's going to be you know a time where she she was craving a cookie or, or a snack or something like that we didn't want to completely take that off the you know if you basically tell somebody like you can't eat this naturally they're going to want to eat that so having the understanding that it's not black and white that there is some room there but we wanted to basically build a plan around her life and what she was trying to accomplish and so we you know kept the one day fast in and basically had her on kind of like a a keto type um cuz obviously it's not real keto but basically it was more of like a keto style where she could have carbs if she was craving them and you know if she wants them but her preference was naturally more fat so it was definitely a higher protein higher fat protocol without tracking macros one day a week of fasting making sure that every basically like every time that uh she was off work she was doing some form of self care so you know meditation she was getting in the sauna she was journaling um every morning you know practicing gratitude and that stuff gets overlooked but it's super important because you know her work was a stress uh you know training is a stress and when you start to accumulate all these stressors you have to balance them out so ideally with with every stress input there would be a de-stress output you know and, and we would kind of have this this natural balance which isn't realistic but the more that we can do to just keep that in mind and be mindful of of the balancing act uh, the better off we're going to be so we you know set intentions each day of you know a certain amount of self-care time uh, to really help her with the demands of her job and um and so far the you know it's funny cuz we start to take care of the health thing and she's sleeping better um she notices less inflammation she was having issues with migraines that have bas- basically gone away um she has more energy she feels more confident and just the fat like she didn't even weigh herself for a while and then had to go to a, the doctor and, and like was down 15 pounds or something along those lines i don't remember the exact number but it was just like without even without even weighing consistently or even really paying attention it was just we're listening to her body and we're understanding the context of her life and so when it comes to like the best protocol um it wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to say high carb is superior so like here are your macros hit these carbs and like you know let's do this because for her that that made no sense we'd just basically be increasing inflammation and increasing the discom- the discomfort that she was feeling uh, from certain carbs and uh, so again context matters it always depends uh, but now on the flip side of that i have a client who is um a crossfitter she trains like 5 6 days a week and she also teaches classes so she's super active and she is a mom of two i believe and they're demanding um she has a lot of stress at home um she has a lot of stress dealing with just like she works a regular job she teaches classes she trains a lot she you know loves to compete there's just she's just constantly on the go 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 so for her um her goal is performance so she wants to be able to train and feel good training and know that she's making progress in the gym 
So that looks totally different. You know, her context is totally different than the previous client that I just discussed with her. We have her set up on a high carb plan because she's doing she's doing a high intensity activity like CrossFit, and she's um, you know her basically the demands are very glycolytic. Like CrossFit is basically the most glycolytic activity you can do, which just means that it's going to be fueled primarily by carbohydrates. So we have to have her carbs up at a decent level and we have to time things appropriately because she wants to perform better. So we want to make sure that she's well fueled for her training. And then we're basically focusing almost solely on recovery after that. And how can we manage stress as best as possible to allow her body to adapt from all the stress that she has going on in her life. So basically it's like, let's get you in the best position to perform optimally and then let's go all in on recovery. So, you know, we know that we have to have a good amount of carbohydrate in our diet. We know that we have to really emphasize sleep and a wind down pattern. And we also have to emphasize managing stress in any way, shape or form. So I literally have to remind her like each week to get time for herself to go out with her husband, like take a date night. Anytime she has like five minutes to herself, I'm like, just do some deep breathing. I don't care if it's in the car on your way to CrossFit or coming back from class uh, where, you know, coming back from your job, it doesn't matter. Just find ways to de-stress, to unwind, to take care of yourself and decompress, recharge. So it's really just that balancing act and understanding her goal is performance And the context of her life is high stress, high demand, um, high intensity. And that's going to look, you know, very different from, you know, somebody who's less active and who has a less demanding job and a less demanding life. So, you know, understanding that that, you know, high carb plan fits in very nicely with what she's doing and what she wants to accomplish. And, uh, and then we just look at the biofeedback, make sure that her recovery is solid, make sure that we're seeing progressions in the gym, that she's getting stronger, she's able to perform better. Um, and then, you know, just kind of adjusting as we go based off of what her body's telling us. Uh, I'm going to give one last example from another client. So this client is basically the busiest person I know. She works, I think, three jobs and goes to school full-time. She So just right off the bat, we know we're going to be up against some issues because she doesn't get a lot of sleep. And this isn't one of those things where it's like, oh, just you know, focus more on sleep and get to bed earlier. Like she literally can't. She finishes one job and the next job, so like she gets home at midnight. Next job starts at 4 a.m. She's up early. So basically we know already that we're we're in a recovery debt to start with. But the one thing that we do have is finding different, um, you know, pockets of time that she's able to recover better. And so basically just like the nature of her shifts and, and the way that they rotate, like we have certain days where, you know, I think it's like every 12th day she might have one day off or um, – but essentially there's some weeks that are busier than others. The bottom line is that her schedule, we kind of – fit into like a matador protocol. So basically the matador protocol is where you're doing like one or two weeks at maintenance and then one or two weeks at a deficit because her goal is to get body comp improvements. She wants to lose fat. She wants to get leaner. uh, And it's going to be really difficult on those high demand weeks when she is, you know, all jobs are going at the same time. She's not going to be sleeping as much. And so during those weeks, we just want to 
you know, go at, at maintenance. We want to get her enough food. We want to get her enough carbohydrates. We just want to make sure that we're not doing too much damage through the lack of sleep, through the high stress and the high demands. And then when we have those periods of, you know, less demanding job, a little bit more time, we can put more stress on her through a calorie deficit. And we know that she's going to be able to handle that better during the times when her schedule lets up. So it's not a true Matador protocol because it's not like two on, two off or one on, one off, but we just basically adjust to her schedule. And so she'll give me the heads up like this is what my work week looks like and then this is where things let up a little bit. So then we can kind of program in. We're going to go, you know, 10 days at maintenance and then we're going to go four days at a deficit and then, you know, eight days at maintenance and then six days at deficit just based solely off of her schedule. And that's really important Uh, to understand that if you don't see the long, if you don't see the big picture, if you don't play the long game, something like that would be really frustrating because I can, you know, I know a lot of clients like want, you guys want results like yesterday, but for her, if I was like, okay, you want to lose fat, we're just going to cut your calories. We're going to go into a deficit and we're going to hammer away at that. Like we're going to be doing a lot more harm than good. And it's going to just spend more time in the long run trying to you know, undo the the hormonal damage and the metabolic adaptations that occur from just hammering so much stress onto one person. So understanding context is super important. So, you know, with her again, it's let's look at your schedule. Let's look at the demands of this week and plan out our maintenance strategy and then see when we have some little pockets of time that we can hit a deficit. And it's it's a lot slower than I know even she would like. And, you know, it that's just the nature of understanding the sacrifices that you're making when you have, you know, three jobs and and a demanding life and, you know, and also trying to tackle a body composition goal, you know, in addition to that. But there are ways to basically, so, you know, again, just making blanket, blanket statements and saying like, oh, well, low carb is the best way to go. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense within this context. And, you know, just as we talk about this in more general terms, anytime you hear something like, you know, and we've kind of been through it all. If you think about it, there's been periods of fat is bad. There's been periods of carbs are bad. There's been periods of don't eat after 6 p.m. There's been, you know, don't eat before 9 a.m. Don't eat too much fruit. Like literally everything has been demonized, gluten, dairy, um, you know, meat. Anytime you hear a blanket statement like that, it should raise a red flag because context matters. Like, yeah, if you are somebody who gets up and your morning is really busy and you just you don't have time to sit down and eat a meal, intermittent fasting can work well in that scenario. Um, if you're somebody, you know, it's just understanding that context. But if you're, you know, somebody who, you know, wants to get up and train in the morning and you need some fuel in the tank because you're doing something high intensity, you might want to have some carbs in the morning. Like it just totally depends on the context. And every time, you know, somebody asks me a question about which dietary protocol should I do? And it's and it's just a very general. I, like I don't have any context. The answer is always it depends. And I know it can be a frustrating answer to hear because we want that simple solution. We just want to know, okay, this is the best thing, and I'm just going to go off and do it. But again, like what's what's really the good in that? What do you actually learn about yourself if you're just going to fit into someone else's way of doing things and not actually go through the process of learning your body and learning? You know, you know, think about. What do you actually enjoy doing? Uh, How active are you? What activities do you enjoy? Uh, What's important to you as far as do you like to have pizza every Friday? Um, Do you want to keep things like, you know, two alcoholic beverages per weekend or, 
you know, one glass of wine per night. You know, think about the stuff that actually matters. Uh, you know, what foods do you actually enjoy more? Um, you know, how active are you outside of the gym? What is your job stress like? What is your relationship stress like? You know, just think in terms of as an individual, what does the context of my life look like? And then your plan, your nutrition protocol, your training, um, your daily habits should all fit within that. And, you know, that's not to say that we don't have to change some things if we want a certain result, uh, because again, the goal is to learn and evolve. So we learn about the things that, you know, feel best for us. And then we understand what we need to do to get to our goals. And then we make those gradual changes over time. So it's a constant evolution. But, you know, just saying that, you know, X diet is the best there is because, you know, it, you know, whatever study showed that, you know, this was superior to, you know, low carb was better than high carb and intermittent fasting was better than just a, you know, calorie deficit. Like it's missing the point of the individual and and it's not taking into consideration the context of your life. And that is really the point that I want to hammer home is it always depends on you and it always depends on your body, your goals and your life. And so don't get caught up in catchy headlines or, you know, studies that show one diet was better than the other when they went head to head because, you know, oftentimes it's really not that significant anyway. And again, adherence, sustainability, and consistency will always win in the end. All right, guys. So I appreciate you all listening in. And if you can do me a favor and get me a five-star rating and review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, take a screenshot, post on Instagram, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and I will talk to you next time.